Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. 22 years ago, last Sunday was the anniversary of the first divine liturgy that we celebrated in our new church. At that time, it was the new church of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, which is about 30 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. A lot of people ask, where is Homer Township? Well, best way I can describe it, it's a little bit north of Interstate 80. Most people should know that. And it is 30 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. In other words, it's in the southwest suburban region of the great, huge Chicago area. And we opened our doors. We took occupancy of our new church. It was, in fact, it was still some of the finishing touches had to still be put on it. We had a cement floor at the time still. We didn't have our icon screen up. There were no murals. Actually, there was one mural in the church when we opened our doors. And we were thrilled and so joyful to be in our new church. It was officially dedicated on May 14th, just a few months later, May 14th, 2000. So we were a church, literally, of the new millennium. The new millennium of 2000 is when we officially were consecrated, we became official. But we took occupancy and had our first service, our first divine liturgy on September 19th of 1999. That's 22 years ago. For me, it's just like it happened yesterday. I'm still here as the pastor. I was the pastor when we built the church. And the reason I want to do a little boasting, but I will do it as St. Paul says, let me boast in the Lord, because it's really all about the Lord, his blessed mother, and the faithful of this parish. This parish represents the combination, the amalgamation of two parishes, Byzantine Catholic parishes, one in the Chicago area and one in Joliet, which is a nearby city of Chicago, or vice versa, depending on which city you come from. (laughs) Also, we had two missions from each of those parishes, and they were all named after the Virgin Mary. They were all named St. Mary's. One was St. Mary the Assumption, in other words, her Dormition, or the other one was St. Mary's Protection, the Protection of the Mother of God. And these two parishes 
because of demographic changes, as so happens in the United States of America and among churches, especially churches who once were founded by ethnic immigrants, they found themselves in a position where in order to survive, and more importantly, to thrive, to thrive, not just survive, they had to make some kind of move. So we got together and over a period of years really discerned the best way to go. And it turned out that we decided the best way and the only thing we could really do, given our resources, is to combine these churches together, relocate them together in a new location, a location that was an area that was growing, had younger families, seemed to have a lot of promise for the future, and it still does. And I know that closing churches or combining churches is happening today, and it's a difficult thing. It's sometimes a controversial thing. But I bring up our example because it's an example of God's providence, actually. It's not about us. It's about God's providence. It's about the riches of our Eastern churches, in particular, our parish as an Eastern, a Byzantine Catholic parish. And it's a testimony to this verse that comes from the scripture. And I found it to be so, so true. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be provided as well. Everything else will be provided as well. We sometimes don't give that enough trust, but I have come to see that that is one of those things that we really need to learn to trust. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, what we did when we were discerning our future among our parishes here in the greater Chicago region, I call it really the renewal of the Byzantine Catholic community in the greater Chicago region, which includes Joliet and other cities as well, because our people are scattered all over the area. I call it not so much closing a church, but renewing the community, which would include, yes, a new location, a new physical face in terms of a new parish complex. But what we discerned was this. It was about perpetuating what we believed was our gifts, our riches, and to do so in a very evangelical way, to share who we are, to be who we are to the max, and to share that with the world, to be, to build that which would make manifest to the world, to our neighboring community first, who we are, what our riches are, just like as we do just as we do on this radio program, which is called Light of the East. The reason why I do this program is to share the riches of the church east and west, but primarily, of course, the riches of the eastern churches. And I asked the parishioners, well, what, what do you think this parish should be like? How do you envision it? What's your sense of it? And to my joy as a pastor who was involved in this very, very engaging, complex, yes, oftentimes emotional, tearful, anger, joyful, it's a whole mixed bag project of amalgamating parishes and relocating them. To my joy as a pastor, the parishioners themselves said, we see our new parish as a center for growth and education formation in the Byzantine Catholic spirituality. And I was so pleased to hear that, that the parishioners themselves could reflect and have that kind of vision. And that's the vision, I'll say the charism, the vision or charism upon which we founded this church, this parish, in which we do everything. Everything grows out of that vision, which is all about, as I said earlier, seeking first the kingdom of God on earth and manifesting that kingdom in the way that's particular to our riches, 
the riches of the Byzantine Catholic Church. What is that spirituality? What are those charisms? Why are they unique? Why does the world need them? So we, we believe the world does need what we have to offer. In fact, I go so far as to say that the Eastern churches right now, at this point in history, both of the church and of our country, maybe of the world even, I believe that we have the round peg that will fit in the round hole that is in the soul right now of modern Western civilization. No, I'm not trying to say we're better or more important than any other church. I'm simply saying that the particular need, just like when you have a need for something, you go to the doctor, for instance, you have a particular ailment, the doctor prescribes a treatment for that disease, right? The rest of your body may be fine, but that ailment needs a specific treatment, and that's what the doctor gives. Well, this is how I see the world. This is how I see the Eastern churches right now in the Western world. In Eastern spirituality in the Western world, I see it as the round peg in the hole. There is a hole in modern Western civilization, the very soul of our civilization. Let's face it. What is that hole? What will fill it? I believe what will fill it is what the Eastern churches have to offer. Something as a remedy at this time. Again, we're not saying we're better than everybody else. We're quite small. We're smaller than everybody else, quite frankly. But small does not necessarily mean less significant. After all, how big is a pill that you take that can heal your whole body? How big is a computer chip that runs a power plant, your car, everything? So small is not necessarily less significant. Small can actually be very or even the most significant. But what happened is we established this parish in, on a vision, and it's always important to be faithful to your original charism. I'm a firm believer in that, whether it comes to parishes or any kind of organization. You go with and stay with as close as you can the original charism that founded that. Anything that I've observed, any kind of organization, church, parish, religious order, monasticism, whatever effort it is, I have observed and I am convinced that when that effort, no matter what it is, remains faithful to its original charism, it thrives. When it deviates in any way, it tends to have difficulty and even sometimes dies out completely. So the original charism of this parish was evangelization, beauty, making the invisible God visible. And indeed, what we did with our church is we built a beautiful church, not opulent or overdone, but adequate. And we've spent these last 22 years tirelessly making it as beautiful as possible. We have icon murals from floor to ceiling. There's not one stitch of white open space in this church. It's completely painted from floor to ceiling with angels and saints and events of Christ's life. There's chandelier and candles. And we're even now painting murals, icon murals, on the exterior of our church so that inside and out we are proclaiming who we are, what we believe in. We're proclaiming first and foremost the good news of the gospel and also in the particular way that we make that news known to the world through our particular artwork, our art, our architecture, which is something that speaks of who we are. It proclaims what we are by its design and integration, line and color and so on. But we took that vision that basically it's a liturgical vision or what we were seeking really was a liturgical culture. 
everything emanates out of and is informed by the spirit of liturgy. And that includes what we do with youth, children, families, events, fundraisers. It all comes out of a liturgical vision. What's a liturgical vision? Liturgical vision means that we see the invisible God made visible, that's real to us, and we respond to that by proclaiming it and by praise and thanksgiving. That's a liturgical vision. Liturgical vision is also sacramental, and we're going to talk more about how we extended that liturgical sacramental vision even beyond the church building itself. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Here are two new books from EWTN Publishing. Mother Angelica's Guide to the Spiritual Life from the Nun Who Made It Her Life's Work to Instruct Millions. This volume assembles her most profound and timeless advice on how you can grow in holiness and achieve your ultimate purpose to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And Blue Collar Apologetics by John Martignoni. How to explain and defend Catholic teaching using common sense, simple logic, and the Bible. Mother Angelica's Guide to the Spiritual Life and Blue Collar Apologetics by John Martignoni. Available now at EWTNRC.com. My Catholic. Shop EWTNRC.com. This is Bishop Christopher Coyne for OLPH Radio in Burlington, Vermont, and you're listening to Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host, doing a little boasting here, but in the Lord. I'm boasting about how the Lord has called this particular community, my particular church here, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in the greater Chicago area, Homer Glen to be specific, how it has called it to a new renewal, an opportunity of renewal of evangelization. And I'm just outlining here on the occasion of celebrating last week our 22nd anniversary of our first liturgy in our new church. But as I mentioned, we were officially dedicated a few months later, consecrated, and that's what's on our cornerstone, May 14th, 2000, which also happens to be the anniversary of my parents' wedding. So what we've done here is try to explain how this community, this Byzantine Catholic community, which was made up of, of a couple parishes and a couple missions, came together through discernment, established a vision, a new vision and charism for its new parish. And that's very important. And that vision, as I mentioned, was a sacramental liturgical one, a, a very evangelical vision, a one that basically has our parish 
as a, I call it a liturgical culture. And we extended that even beyond the walls of the church itself. The walls are adorned with icon murals from floor to ceiling. Every square inch of this church is painted with murals. But we extended that to the outside, but we even went further. We took the vision of those icons, of iconography. And what is that vision? It's that sacramental liturgical vision, that vision of seeing the invisible God made visible in everything, especially in his creation, and living according to that vision. In other words, where all of life has a certain sacredness to it. All of life is shot full in varying degrees with the presence of God, and therefore we see everything that way. We encourage and teach marriage and family, the parish life itself. Even our fundraisers have a not-so-hidden agenda. They're not just to raise money. They are to evangelize. And part of our vision was to support our parish financially by broadening our support base through our sacramental liturgical vision. That's right. In other words, the iconography, the murals we have here, have brought many, many people here who have donated, who supported, who joined the parish, who brought others here, told others about it. We have events in which we, as part of the events, we always have church tours. We have explanations of our liturgy. I give many talks. People support that. We have events in which we share our church grounds. We just don't raise money or have an event for event's sake. There's that, in a sense, hidden agenda, and maybe not so hidden, of evangelization, of showing forth who we are, the sacramental vision. And what we did is we took that vision, as I mentioned, the invisible made visible. That's very, very Eastern. Eastern spirituality is very, very incarnational, very liturgical, very kinesthetic. We immerse ourselves in this marvelous incarnation, this revelation of God who infuses himself into his own creation and into our very lives. The indwelling of the Holy Trinity is part of our goal of our spirituality of the Eastern churches. And we take that and we make that the foundation, the platform out of which we do everything. That includes how we developed our 10-acre property. Oh yeah, it's a lot of property for a small parish. And we saw this property as gift. In fact, part of the story is that when we tried to build our church here, establish our new church complex on this, was a beautiful piece of property right between the original parishes, so it would be hopefully accessible to more people. It was in a growing area, so hopefully it would have a lot of longevity. We established it on this property, and this property had as one of its features water that came through it. There's a naturally spring-fed pond on our property, and there's what they call U.S. waters, in other words, wetlands, and a waterway like a creek that comes through our property. It connects neighborhoods, connects entire regions. So our property actually is the connecting link, and how providential, between neighborhoods, between entire regions here in this area. And when we came to build our church here, to establish our church, we, of course, had to get permission from the local authorities. Well, the neighbors fought to keep us out because the water that came through our property was for them a problem because sometimes it would flood, and no one saw fit to do anything about that. Our property sits on what's called Wilcook Road. That's two names. 
refers to two counties that come together, that converge on our street. Will County, which we are in, we're on the side of Will County, but across the street is Cook County. That's the county where Chicago itself is in. So we're talking about two huge counties with lots of tax dollars, and neither one saw fit to correct or somehow accommodate the natural waterways that went through our particular property. But we said to the community, we come to make life better. We don't come to make it worse. They thought we're going to make it worse. So they protested us. There was a big resistance against us. But here's where we fall back on vision and charism and remaining faithful to that and to seeking first the kingdom of God. We knew, we believed that God had destined us to be here. God, through his blessed mother, under whose patronage our parishes were and continued to be. And we believe that what we were doing was right and good and that everyone in the end would benefit from it. Now, people couldn't see that for a while, not at first. One thing I've learned, especially being a person of the arts, art is my background, I realized that people have a hard time envisioning. They tend to see just what's in front of their face, what they can touch at the moment. Many, many people have an inherent problem of looking down the line and be able to see the finished product to have a kind of a prophetic vision of what will be, what could be. I had that vision by virtue of the fact that I'm a pastor and also have an art background. Others had it too. And we knew that looking at things, looking down the line, that this was the place for us and there was wonderful things ahead. Wonderful things not only for our Byzantine community, but also for the neighbors, the whole region here. And we were right. We stuck to our vision by God's providence, we got their permission to build our church. And what happened was, taking the vision of our liturgy to our property, to our environment, we actually cured what was a water problem because we saw it. This is what happens when you apply the sacramental liturgical view to anything. We applied that view to the environment. And what was a problem for the neighborhood for us was a gift. It was opportunity to do something with that water, about that water, not to see it as a problem, to do something with our property, which had a beautiful high elevation at the top and then descended very dramatically down towards the street. That's what caused the water problem, so-called water problem. It was that water running off and running through our property. But we built that church, just like the gospel says, a city set on a hill is not hidden. It shines brightly. So our church literally crowns the very top, the high point of this property. It's just like a crown. In fact, I've seen that from an airplane. Whenever I fly, the airplanes sometimes do a pattern as they're coming into land in Chicago. They do a pattern that takes us past and over our property and sometimes able to see our church. And I'm amazed that from that elevation, how our church literally looks like a crown, a crown jewel with our golden dome in this region of the country. That's how God sees it. We don't see it often that way unless you're in an airplane, but God sees it that way. God knew what he was doing. So we crowned this property with God's temple in honor of the Virgin Mary. And we formed our property according to an environmental plan, a sustainable environment, water management master plan, in which we have the restored prairie. We put here what God put here. So that's that sacramental view. As a result, the very people, the very people that tried to keep us out of here 
have presented us, have themselves presented to us multiple awards. We just got one recently. It's called the Community and Nature and Harmony Award for our work with the environment, our consciousness to the environment, to the beautifying of our property for the sake of the village. And we also, may I boast, but in the Lord, received the prestigious Chicago Wilderness Award for environmental work. I am not an environmentalist, I'm just a priest, but I applied the liturgical sacramental worldview to the environment. I took the view of the icons to the environment. So our full property, whether inside the church or outside, manifests God's handiwork, God's invisible presence made visible through the icons, the liturgy, the people of the parish, and our very property. And it has changed people's lives. We have literally reached into the very bedrooms of the children in the neighborhoods around here and swept them away from the kidnapping that they were laboring under from their video screens. Victims of videophilia in our world today. Children not outside where they should be, learning and living, but entrapped, kidnapped by video screens, sitting in their bedrooms with video games and whatnot. Our property lured them out into nature where they can overcome the nature deficit disorder that many young people are suffering from today. And they came under our property, an outdoor classroom, a place for people to play, to pray, to walk their dogs and their children in strollers, to meditate, have a picnic, to just have fun, to discover insects and butterflies, to learn about the prairie plants, to just be at peace. This is what happens when you seek first the kingdom This is what happens when you seek first the kingdom of God on earth and live the sacramental liturgical worldview. We've been doing that, praise God, for 22 years, and we hope we will continue to do so as well. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.